Hi guys, and welcome to the Figured Outable podcast. I'm your host, Carly Visconto, and this is a space where we talk all things navigating life in your 20s, diving into the topics of health, wellness, career, faith, relationships, and so much more. No longer are the days where we have to act like we have it all figured out. In a world that likes to pretend, join me for your dose of reality, proving that you can live your happiest life while figuring it out at the same damn time. What is up and welcome back for another episode of Figured Outable. I am coming to you from a horizontal position. I am laying down in a dark room. It is currently Saturday, January 21st and I just had a full day. I went and explored a place called Mulaney, which is basically like a little rural town about 30-40 minutes from where I'm staying in Australia and It was just such a fun day, but it was so full on and it was like hot out and I was just doing a lot of walking and exploring. So I'm definitely tired, Um, but I wanted to record this episode just because it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a bit of a change of pace and I owe this idea to my sister because she reached out and was like, I think you should do an episode on relationships. I think you should talk about your experience with relationships. Um, your experience dating in the past like four or five years that you've been single and kind of just like why you are single right now and so I was like you know what that's fun I feel like we get a little bit heavy sometimes in these episodes and this is going to be heavy for different reasons I feel like it's still going to be a very personal and vulnerable episode but it might just be a little bit more interesting um And so, yeah, I feel like I rarely talk about relationships or my past relationships. So this will be different for me as well. Um, But I'm willing to be open and just honest because I feel like a lot of people can probably relate to my experiences. And yeah, this is, of course, not to like throw shade or put anybody on blast. Like anybody that I talk about, I'm obviously not going to name names there's no bad blood. Um, there are just experiences that have made me into the person that I am today and experiences that have shaped the way that I look at relationships and what I look for in relationships and just kind of red flags that I spot, things that I absolutely will not tolerate. So with that being said, I guess we will just start in high school. Um, there's really not much to mention here. I definitely had a few relationships in high school. Um, but like how serious can a relationship really be? It was like, you know, sweet and cute at the time. Um, but nothing really super serious. And in college, I would say I had two main relationships. Um, and those were really the only relationships that I've ever had. Um, I've been single for about five years now. Um, I broke up with my most recent ex, which isn't recent at all. Um, in my junior year, no, I'm sorry, my senior year of college, um, like towards the end of it. So I have not had a boyfriend since. 
Um, And those two college relationships truly could not have been more different. Yet I definitely took things away and appreciated each one in their own unique sense. So I guess I'll just start by talking about the first one. Um, It was in freshman year and it was pretty much right off the bat. Like it was kind of like I got to campus and it was like syllabus week and um, the boy who I was in a relationship with like reached out to me pretty much the first weekend of going out, I think. And we just kind of like started seeing each other out. We like started hanging out. It wasn't really exclusive, but I think within like the first month or two of college, we were dating. Um, And so this was obviously like a very vulnerable state for me, just already being a freshman in college and it being a new experience, a new place. Um, Emotions were already like running at an all time high. And I kind of remember talking to my sister on the phone, just being like, I know this boy is going to break my heart. And she was like, Carly, like, you're such a, like, a sinister person. Like, why do you have to have that outlook? Just give it a go. You never know, like, what can come about. Um, if you always have this outlook, like, you are never going to kind of let down those walls and let people in. Um, like, just be vulnerable and just take a chance. And so I was like, you know what? You're right. I'll just, you know, let things pan out as they will. And so me and this person ended up being in a relationship and it was pretty serious. Um, At least I thought it was. I thought it was, you know, an exclusive relationship, but um, I guess I won't spoil the story. We'll just, you know, I'll just continue with my storytelling here. So I definitely started to pick up on some toxic characteristics in the relationship. I feel like things that would just start happening and I started to identify that they were not the best but at the same time this was my first serious relationship so I almost thought that this was what love was really high highs and really low lows um there were when I say red flags I just mean like they're kind of some off the cuff comments like about my outfit like I remember one specific night I was going out and you know he told me I looked like a slut and that I would be um, attracting like negative energy from other people and that like my shirt was too cropped and it was embarrassing if I went out like that or he would comment about like my Instagram posts like I remember one time I posted a picture of me and my mom saying like you know missing my sunshine and it was us just laying on the beach like laying on our stomachs and you know he was like you uploaded this picture because you wanted attention because, you know, your butt is out. And, like, I, it was literally before, like, cheeky bathing suit bottoms were even a thing. Like, I was wearing, like, full coverage bathing suit bottoms. Um, and I really was just missing my mom that night. So, just, like, weird things like that. There was also, like, a lot of jealousy. Um, getting into the habit of, like, looking through my phone, which in turn I would look through his phone. Because, again, like, I was guilty, too. I was picking up on these signals and thinking that... This was normal in like a quote unquote adult, passionate relationship. Um, And it just made me a partner that I never wanted to be. But because I felt like that's what love was and that's what I should have reciprocated, I kind of bought in and became the person that I didn't want to be. So I started to just kind of get these gut feelings that things were a little bit off and 
there were just instances where I would feel more inclined to check his phone. And I remember one night, it was after Christmas break, and I was laying in bed. We were both sleeping in his dorm. And he was fast asleep, and I picked up his phone, and I started going through it. And I found these messages that basically were talking about him sleeping with somebody over Christmas break um, at a party. And it was, like, all of these girls that were, like, also in his text thread. So, like, that was also very bizarre for me to see. But this one specific text conversation had, you know, details about this particular night over Christmas break when – she like wanted to hook up with him or something, but he was like too busy hooking up with somebody else. I don't know. So basically I had seen what I needed to see. I kind of just gently put the phone down and I started gathering my things because I think I had like my clothes and my stuff for the morning to like get ready for class or go to practice or something. So I slowly just started like gathering my stuff and I think he woke up in the midst of it and was very confused and kind of asked me what was going on and what was happening. And I think I just kind of you know said I I looked through your phone like I I gotta go and I kind of just left on my way home which it was pouring rain go figure it was like 2 a.m and just downpouring and I'm like booking it back to my dorm he comes running after me and saying it's a whole misunderstanding it was from a different Christmas break like I don't even know how he talked me out of this but we just sat in the rain and after like 10 minutes of going back and forth and him bargaining with me I ended up going back to his dorm and kind of hearing him out and he talked himself out of it somehow I think I knew in my gut things still weren't 100% but somehow I wanted to believe so badly that he was telling me the truth and that this wasn't what it looked like it was and I think he actually he ended up getting the girl to text him getting him out of it like basically saying that this was like a really long time ago or was a misunderstanding in hindsight like he probably just changed the number was probably that his best friend texting under this girl's name just like saying what he wanted him to say but it was enough to convince me I guess that you know maybe it wasn't as bad as it looked and it just was more innocent so basically we stayed together um I never forgot that, but I definitely like forgave and again, just looked past it, hoping for the best, hoping that I, you know, me giving him the benefit of the doubt was the right decision and that it was what he said it was, which was nothing. Um, Fast forward to May, it is the last night on campus and we just had our track and field banquet. It's like notoriously our favorite night on campus because it's kind of like the last hurrah. So everybody goes out and I met him at one of the bars on campus, Blarney Stone, and he had already been drinking for a while. And I think I was just so wrapped up in like it being a night with my teammates and us having so much fun. I don't think I was giving him as much attention as he wanted. I remember him being a little bit like upset with me at the bar because I was like talking to somebody or I wasn't like listening to him. Um, and he was just like, honestly really drunk. So I just kind of like wrote it off. I was just like, whatever. Um, at one point in the night, I noticed that he needed to go home. So I was like, you know what, let's just go home. I walked him home, got him to the dorm, um, went and got him a Wawa sub, sub, what the hell? Hoagie, man, you go to Australia and you can't even remember your Philly terms. Came back. He was already pissed out, put it in the fridge, slept next to him. Woke up the next morning and he's just telling me how much he loves me, 
how much he, you know, wants to marry me someday. Just kind of love bombing me. Um, I get up and go to practice. It's the last day that my team and I are meeting. We're kind of just going over our summer training plans and just being together as a group one last time before we break for the summer. And I'll never forget my friend Joe came up to me and his voice was quivering. He was so, so nervous. And he just said, you know, Carly, I have to tell you something. And I was like, okay, what's up? Like, I thought something was wrong with him. I thought he needed help. I had no idea it had to do with me or my relationship. And basically he had told me that he saw my boyfriend come out of the bathroom with another girl at the bar that night, the same bar that I was at, um, bobbing around with all of my teammates. Um, Joe had been the next in line to use the bathroom, and my boyfriend at the time came out of the bathroom with another girl. They were like single stalls, so it's not like he was coming out of like the men's bathroom or the women's bathroom. Like it was like a a single bathroom with a closed door, obviously. So. This was news to me. I was shocked. Um, I left practice. I did not stick around to be at that meeting. I didn't stick around to get my summer plan. I knew my teammates would fill me in. I just went straight back to the dorm room that I had just left with my boyfriend still in the bed. And I just walked in. I, I think I picked up like one of his shoes that was on the floor. I just threw it at his head. And, you know, I literally was just like, fuck you. I, I know what you did last night. I cannot believe that you woke up next to me, kissed me, told me all those things. Um, blackout or not, like at this point, I think I saw the big picture and I knew that this was kind of what he had been up to all along and that my gut had always been right. Um, and so from that moment on, I feel like that was the last time like I really saw him at least for a really long time. He was actually supposed to come home with me that day. My dad was coming to campus later that afternoon to move us both out. And he had a flight back to his hometown, I think, within a few days. My dad obviously ended up coming even sooner and he just moved me out and we left him there. And I think he had to like change his tickets because we were getting kicked out of the dorms essentially. So he had to change his ticket to go home to be that day or like the next day or something since the timing no longer worked out. Um, and I remember just like not answering his texts. Basically, once I walked out of that room, like he was dead to me. Um, I never asked questions about what happened in the bathroom. It didn't matter. I, I didn't need to know the details. I didn't need to know how many times I'd been cheated on. Like the fact that I got just that little tidbit of information was enough for me to conclude that like this was something I needed to walk away from. And I really didn't need closure. Like that fact alone was the closure that I needed that, you know, it was it was done and dusted. Um, so obviously it was really painful, but I feel like a breakup like that is almost easy to mend from because it's like you're left with no choice but to like pick up the pieces. Like I'm somebody that's like, I think I think of things that from a logical standpoint, I don't really allow emotions to cloud judgment. That doesn't mean I don't have emotions, but I can really like remove myself from the situation and look at the facts for what they are, make the decision that needs to be made, and then kind of deal with the emotional repercussions from there. And that's something I kind of still pride myself on. I was, what, 18 years old. It was, like, my first love. I was, like, 
so I say blindsided because I was, even though I had those gut feelings, but I was so emotionally invested and hopeful for this relationship to work out in the future. And of course, looking back, it was naive. And that's what your first love is when you're like, so it's like all consuming and you're just so hopeful. Um, and it rarely works out, but I think this was the heartbreak that I needed to just set the tone for me to kind of be the strong, independent person that I am today. And like the, um, the person that I bring to every relationship moving forward, just somebody that is level-headed. I always know that no matter what, the other person is never going to complete me. They can compliment me, but they are never going to be a missing piece. And if they ever do me wrong, um, I'm going to be okay. And I guess there's also a sinister side to that because I feel like my walls are still very much up. I think I remain pretty guarded until they really prove to me that they have my trust and they are not going to mess with my heart and my emotions. I think I'm just very much more careful with who I open up to. Um, just going back to like the story in that relationship, I say like I cut things off and I, I did. I, I didn't reply to him. Oh, I didn't even mention this part. So I had bought tickets to go and stay with him um, that summer. So I think like a month after school had ended, I was planning to go and stay with him and his family. And so I had this plane ticket across the country that I was like, well, what the fuck do I do now? So naturally, um, three of my best friends also booked flights and we went out and just had the best time ever. Coincidentally, one of my childhood best friends was stationed out there. He was a Marine. So we got to go out and see him and we went out, we had our fake IDs. We went like got into clubs. We explored. It was just like it ended up being the best experience ever. So like that plane ticket sure didn't go to waste. Um, but I do remember we kind of had like a closure phone conversation after he was just like begging and begging to talk. Um, and I kind of just forgave him in that moment. I think I just said like, you know, this was just a really shitty fucked up thing to do. But like, I am not going to hold a grudge anymore. Like what's done is done. Um, and I'm just glad that I can move on from this. And obviously that was freshman year. So then I still had three more years to go to school with him. And in senior year, like we ended up seeing each other around like senior week and just like stuff like that. And we're very cordial. Like I said, I was never going to hold bad blood. Like he was 18, 19 and yeah, he was stupid. He was immature, but I always knew it had nothing to do with me. And I think that's kind of the key takeaway. It's like, if something like this ever happened or happens to you, like it is not a personal vendetta. Like I have always been blessed to be super sure of the person that I am and super confident. And so when he made those mistakes, I knew it had everything to do with him being insecure and him not feeling like enough and him needing that external validation outside of our relationship in order to feel whole and good and get that confidence boost. So I almost just kind of felt bad. Um, and so, like I said, it never really was something that I held over him. And whenever I would see him, like, you know, I would smile and say hello. Um, but honestly, I got kind of lucky for us both being in the business school. We like never had classes together. And it was just for the better that I didn't need to interact with him. Because like I said, it wasn't that I cared if I came across him, it was just I didn't care to interact with him. So it was just like better for us to keep 
um, our pad separate. So that was definitely, like I said, my first heartbreak, my first kind of introduction to boys suck. Um, but it was a good first lesson to learn because I think it kind of set me up to be a little bit more realistic and a little bit more guarded in a good sense to not just be giving my heart out so freely. Sophomore year, I feel like was a little bit different. I definitely came back like guns a blazing. I feel like I had like reset my sights on myself. I really took like my running career super seriously. I did very well that year. I got to go to nationals with my team and like honestly freshman year junior year and senior year like I was really nothing special at running like I was captain for my junior and senior year really from this sophomore year because I took running so seriously um honestly just kind of had like a stellar year altogether I definitely dated I definitely was going to a lot of like formals for fraternities and just kind of having fun um again nothing really serious but just kind of getting that college experience that I didn't really get freshman year when I was in a relationship. And then junior year rolls around and that is when I met my most recent ex. And I always knew who this person was just because he was extremely talented. He was one of the best on the football team. I remember we were at a lacrosse party, I believe, and one of my good friends, Jill, was like, do you want me to introduce you to him? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so we met at this party and ended up just like chatting in a corner. We went on a date and just hit it off and just realized how we were like super similar. And we kind of were dating for a little while until he asked me to be his girlfriend. And we dated, I think, for about a year and a half. And this relationship, when I tell you, could not be more opposite to the relationship from freshman year. This guy was just such a breath of fresh air and he was just so honest with me and he just treated me so well and honestly it was you know perfect and everything I thought a relationship should be for a really long time up until like a year until I kind of got this like gut feeling in my stomach that just like something wasn't right and I don't want to say something was wrong because nothing was wrong And I think that's what was so tricky about this relationship is that on paper, everything was exactly how it should have been. Um, We had this beautiful relationship. He treated me well. He came from the best family. His, His values were so aligned with mine. He did everything right. But for some reason, I felt like something was missing. And a lot of our relationship, we did long distance because he had moved to another state to pursue his football career. And I was obviously still in college. So I was a year younger. And so I would go and visit him. And so it was kind of like our time was short but sweet. It was almost like zero to 100. We were either doing long distance and FaceTiming and seeing one another you know, through the phone screen or we were together 24-7 in each other's personal space, me living at his apartment for weekends at a time or him coming to visit me at school in my little room with like all of my college roommates. So it was just a little bit different than the time that we had met when I was a junior and he was a senior when we kind of like 
were able to have our own separate rooms and separate spaces and had our own things going on, but then could kind of come together and have date nights and spend nights together when our schedules fit. So our relationship definitely changed in that manner as time went on and he obviously moved. Um, I also think I was just going through a lot and my own anxieties kind of got in the way I feel like I would get super anxious like when I would go out to see him or when he would come to see me I think I was just kind of going through a lot of my own things and I had a lot of inner work to do on myself that I felt like I couldn't be the partner that he deserved um when it came to being supported and being a priority I always felt like I was number one to him And I acknowledged that, but I also acknowledged that I didn't feel like I could give him the same courtesy and also prioritize him and make him number one and go out of my way to be selfless and do things like, for example, pick him up from the airport when he came to visit me. Like I would ask if he could get an Uber or just little things like that. Like I remember he was at my house for Mother's Day and my whole family was over and instead of driving him to the airport, like I made him get an Uber and like maybe you're listening and you think that that's not a big deal. And at the time I didn't, but like if you truly love somebody and prioritize them, you go out of your way to do those acts of service. And one could argue that this goes back to love language and maybe my love language is an acts of service, which I don't think it is. And maybe his love language is acts of service. So he was expecting to kind of receive that love from me in the way that he gives it. But all to say that I just could tell I wasn't being the girlfriend that he needed and he deserved. And that didn't make me happy because I knew that I wasn't living up to the partner that I should be. I felt less than and I felt like I wasn't delivering. And I feel like my personality and just the person that I am by nature, like I am an overachiever. I like to at least like meet, if not exceed expectations and do things with all of my effort. And with this, it just felt like I was climbing an uphill battle and it was like a resistance that I didn't think a relationship should have there was like this friction of me trying to always overcome and like exert effort to be the girlfriend that I thought he deserved so we kind of ended abruptly it was pretty cordial but I think it was definitely surprising it was surprising for me to end it I think it was surprising for him to just have that unfold because we were kind of so sure that we were in it forever and and together we had those conversations and we saw that and because there was nothing inherently wrong with our relationship I think we both thought this was something that we would overcome me especially I thought that I would come around but it was almost more challenging because we couldn't pinpoint it wasn't like my first relationship when there was something that had happened and it was this, you know, blowout moment that we couldn't come back from. It was almost like more of something that it was like, well, this doesn't work now, but maybe it'll work in the future. So this relationship was something that lingered in my mind for a really long time, even after we broke up. And it was kind of a clean break. It wasn't cold turkey. I feel like we would reach out every like few months or so just to check in and, you know, wish each other well. And you know, give a little updates and just say, you know, I I saw you did this, like congratulations, or 
if it was your birthday or whatever, just like little things like that, just to stay in good graces because there was nothing to be upset about. It was just giving each other the time and space and respect that we knew we deserved to kind of heal in our own way and move on the way that we needed to. It also helped that we weren't in the same like physical space on campus. Like I had just graduated and was, you know, doing my own thing and he was on to really big and great things. He was, you know, playing football professionally and just had a, a lot of amazing things going for him. So um, I think it was kind of a blessing that we had our own paths going in different directions and really didn't need to be in one place. Um, it kind of made our healing journeys a little bit easier. With that being said, I do feel like when we would get in touch again, we kind of always had in the back of our head, or at least in my head for sure, that this might be something that I wanted to give another go in the future, especially because I knew that on paper, this was like my perfect person. Um, if I could like write down the qualities that I wanted in a person like this was, you know, this person checked every box and more. But when it came time to kind of give things another go loosely, like just even getting a drink, getting coffee, like just meeting face to face again, there was still that same feeling um, that was something was missing, something was off. And so ultimately we just lost touch and never really spoke again. Um, and again, in hindsight, I think everything makes sense and is 2020 and things definitely worked out for the best. It looks like things are going super well for him. He's married. He has a kid on the way and is just super blessed in a lot of respects. And I could not be more happy for him. Um, and so I know that our our relationship was never meant to work out because it's clear that he was meant to move on and find this new partner that would be with him for life. And so it really is just like a peace of mind moment to realize that our time came to an end for a reason. Um, and just because I haven't found the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, he has. And that is a really beautiful thing. Now, I guess, fast forward to the last four or five years of me just being single. And I feel like when I was in New York, I was dating around a little bit more. Um, I feel like I was just more inclined to go on dates just because I was in the scene. Like I was in a city where it was easier to meet people. I was using Hinge. So like there's just so many guys in that city that it's just, you know, it's a blessing because it's right at your fingertips and it's so easy to just step out and grab a drink at a close bar. Um, same thing when I like moved back to Philly, I guess. Like I'm blessed to be from a big city. But the thing is, I think over time, I have just become so much more choosy with who I spend time with and give energy and effort to. So even a first date, like I know some people have the mentality that you should go on as many dates as possible because you get to know what you like, you get to know what you don't like, you get to know yourself a little bit more, you just get a little bit more street cred in dating and just like experience. But to me, like I am like an extroverted introvert, like I'm just such a homebody that to get ready to like go meet somebody to go sit at a date for an hour or two and get a drink. And I don't, I don't know. I'm just not somebody who does that for fun. Like I will do that for fun if it's somebody that I'm genuinely interested in, but it takes a lot for me to even get to that point. 
And when I do get to that point, I feel like I can tell within the first, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, like if me and this person are going to hit it off. I feel like I have gone on some dates in the past couple of years that they're not bad, but there's really just no spark and there's just no reason for me to want to continue hanging out with this person. And again, if I'm not 100% excited about it, like I'm just not going to force myself. I'm not somebody that is going to just have somebody's company just to have it. Like I pretty thoroughly enjoy my own company. I enjoy my best friend's company. I enjoy my family's company. Like I'm not looking for somebody to like fill a void or fill my time. I don't need that. I'm just looking for somebody who can compliment me and be a good partner because I think everybody in their, you know, deepest soul is kind of like a hopeless romantic and wants to find their person. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm like desperate to. So I would say I've stopped going on dates more recently just because I haven't met anybody that I'm interested in. I'm also struggling with where to meet people. I'm over the going out scene and I don't love like being at bars late at night. I don't love like being out until 2 a.m. So that is obviously where a lot of people meet over drinks when you're loose and when you're flirty. And like that's just where people... I think tend to hit it off and exchange numbers and then of course like the next day you follow up and you end up getting drinks like that's just where it happens the most organically but I've kind of like removed myself from those situations not entirely but just not as frequently so instead of going out like every weekend maybe I go out like twice a month um and my best friends are also all in like very long-term relationships. Half of them are engaged. Like they're all living with their significant others. So it's just like when we do go out, we just kind of focus on our own time. We're not really like on the prowl, like looking for guys. We kind of just stick to our ourselves and we kind of just like are in the corner just laughing and being goofy between each other and like not necessarily looking to the room to like open up conversations. That's not to say that I don't wander off and just like venture and go bop around because I absolutely do that I like will just go introduce myself to people and have like my own little side conversations and if I find somebody attractive like I do go up to them like I am not shy actually like a few months ago I was at the mall and I come out of H&M and I see like the most gorgeous man standing in front of me and so I am about to leave the mall and so I start heading towards the parking lot and I just kind of get this feeling I'm like you know what screw it I'm just gonna go up shoot my shot see what comes about if it goes terribly then whatever I have nothing to lose so I just go up to him and I'm just like I'm sorry but you are just so attractive like are you single and he was like yeah I am what's your name and like we kind of just talked for a few minutes and exchanged numbers and kind of just said you know we'll get drinks and he lived in um, Cherry Hill. Obviously, I'm in Philly. So we were like, yeah, we'll just go to Center City and get drinks sometime. Then after texting and exchanging a few messages, he asked if I had an Instagram. So we followed each other. And I just noticed there was so many girls commenting on his pictures. And so naturally, I would like go to their pages and see that he also was commenting on theirs. And I don't know, that just rubs me the wrong way. I just think it's such a red flag if there is like a plethora of girls commenting on a guy's Instagram or if they're following like an absurd amount of girls. Um, 
not to say it's like bad, but like I just don't even want to get caught up in somebody like that. I would just rather not even waste my time. So it kind of just like fizzled um, and I just like stopped answering. But when I tell you the list, like 100 times I've gone out, maybe I've seen somebody that I find attractive like two times. Like I don't know if just good looking men have just been hibernating for the past couple years or they're all taken or a combination of the two. But like this dry spell, I just cannot kick. Like I am open to dating and to meeting people, but they are just not out there when I'm out there. Um, So that is kind of why like I feel like I'm just in this limbo phase of just like not really knowing when or where or how I'm going to meet somebody. And look, I'm just going to be honest about this. I feel like some girls don't want to talk about being like old school or very traditional in the sense that they like to be courted. I feel like in this day and age, there are so many girls that are screaming feminism and you know, I can buy my meal. I can treat you. And like, I appreciate that. Don't get me wrong. And part of me like feels bad for the guys because I'm like, are they confused? Like, do they think that we take it as an insult if they like insist on paying for drinks or insist on buying us a meal or insist on picking us up? I feel like a lot of the chivalry is dead argument kind of can be blamed because it's like, oh, well, in 2023, like girls want to take back their power and have value too and be equals and like okay, time and place. But me personally, like I feel like I'm very old school. So I like there to be a courting stage. I like for you to pay for the first handful of dates. That alone, I think turns off a lot of men. And to that, I say I'm okay with that because if they are turned off by the fact that I want to be courted, then they are not the person for me anyway. I feel like I want like a old school man who like has a a strong personality and a strong will and is confident in himself that he's not going to let all of the bullshit of society make him feel insecure and make him feel like he needs to treat me differently than he was raised um I feel like where I'm from to northeast Philly like I feel like the guys are very much like that and so I like that I grew up around that and my dad is like that and my best friend's boyfriends are like that like that is just something that is important to me to feel like I am in a relationship with a caretaker and of course I can be a caretaker in different ways but especially in the beginning stages of relationship I'm looking to be courted um other things that I feel like I look for I feel like I obviously like want somebody that is going to balance me out I feel like I bring a certain type of like intensity and rigidity to a relationship and to a dynamic just because I'm a little bit like high strung and anxious as a person so I kind of want somebody that's going to just be more lighthearted and funny just to like balance me out while also being able to like have more meaningful conversations and be able to go deeper and be more like emotionally available and just mature um it's really important for me to have somebody that takes care of himself physically and is just like passionate about something whether it be job fitness a hobby like whatever it is just to have passion and have his own thing going on um it's super important for them to be very close to their family just because family is always number one in my life and i think if you come from a good family or at least value the family dynamic that is just so crucial especially to then one day build the life that I'm looking to build and have children and such a stable beautiful home life I feel like that's obviously a very important foundation 
But yeah, I just feel like up until this point, I'm single just because I haven't met somebody that's worth investing my time into. Like I said, I'm pretty content on my own. Like I feel like I joke about always being single and I'm, I am ready and I'm in a place to be in a relationship. I feel like I've done the work on myself and I'm, I'm whole and I completely believe that I'm whole as I am and I'm just ready for somebody to kind of be an extension of that and compliment me in their own way. Um, but at the same time, I guess I'm, I'm not rushing it. Like I'm 26, which might be old to some people, but young and like entirely a baby to others. I guess when you want to start thinking about like the biological clock, like don't even get me started there because obviously I want to be a mom someday and that will get me into a rabbit hole. But I think it all boils down to just like believing in God's timeline and trusting that he will put the perfect person in my life at the perfect time. And everything that I've gone through up until this moment is just to prepare me to meet that person. Even this experience in Australia, like I would never be here if I had a significant other at home or a family to be providing for that I couldn't leave a corporate job for. Like there are things that just happen in life that are so meant to put you on your own path and on your own timetable that I cannot be comparing myself to my friends at home that are planning a wedding and going to bed sleeping next to their significant others like we are just all so unique and individual and our timelines are going to unfold as they should so I hope this was helpful whether you can relate or whether you can absolutely not relate and you've already found your person or wherever you are in your journey I just hope that you can take something away from this episode if it wasn't just entertaining that is it. That is my spiel on all things dating and relationships. Thank you for listening. Talk to you in the next one. Bye.